Hey y'all, it's Todd. Um, coming to you from the future, being Wednesday morning. Uh, just wanted you to know we're going to talk a second about Jimmy and Cut Day and the NFL and that kind of stuff on the podcast. And we're not going to cut it out and worry about editing. It's been a long couple of days. We did record this Monday night, but for reasons outside of our control, we are uh, putting this out on Wednesday morning. So. Some of that is uh, both wrong and irrelevant now. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll come back next week and break down uh, where everybody hopefully ends up uh, in the NFL rosters. Other than that, let's get ready for this season. Looking forward to seeing you all this weekend. Go Dukes. Because Sam is probably going to go to bed and He's got the Good evening and welcome to a season prediction episode of the JMU Sports Blog podcast. Rob, we are it's game week. It's game week. It, this it's is time real. to go. I, yeah. I, unlike the start of the show, um it, it is this is really real. Yeah, I um I did a little looking today, Rob. This was uh what did I say? It is this is season 6 of the of the pod. That's a little divided up. I was trying to figure out. We started in like 2017, I think. Doing Did we really? Yeah. This is. You think we'd be better at it by now, but. So I could tell in the app that we have at least 162 episodes. I think we actually have closer to 200. If you go back to the, um, what was the old server? I I don't know. Bumpers. Bumpers. Yeah. Like I think we actually. Bumpers, man. I I think we actually. The simplicity of it. Yeah, I was trying to figure out if we were approaching any milestones, and then I couldn't figure out because I don't know what happened to the early shows. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't listened to a single episode. So, <laughs> right. so um, that that I was like, wow, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. So, uh, and this is the start of the fiftieth season of JMU football. Uh, that's what kind of got me thinking. Like, is this our two hundredth episode? I don't now know. That to me is much more impressive than than our little milestones. Yeah, Fifty years. Maybe. That's a big deal. Yeah, maybe if they make it to Frisco, we'll just say it's 200 for us. Yeah. <laughs> but 50 is a big seems deal. Weird. I mean, when was the first season? 70? 71 or so? Because I was just thinking because seven, they talked about the 75 team being the undefeated, only undefeated team. Yeah. And that, so I know they've been, you know, around almost 50 years at that point. So I, I would guess right around 70, 71. I mean, yeah. it's, it's basic math, and somebody pointed this out on Twitter, but nothing in the 70s seems like it should be 50 years ago. Like, I'm, I'm really struggling with this. You mean this including us? Yes. <laughs> like it, it's really, really confusing me, the idea that, like, you know, we were – the relative, you know, time passing between when we were in school and now is, like, maybe before the school was co-ed versus when we were there. Like, it's that big of a gap. So yeah. I'm, I'm struggling with that right now. I know. Um, in our house, there's a joke that uh, the only two things in our house that are from the 70s are me and our toaster. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, uh, I don't know. But it, it's really exciting. We are five days away. By the time most people listen to this, like four days from kickoff, it, uh, the season is here. It looks, you know, it looks a lot better. I mean, Rob, I, not that we weren't, you know, we kind of, I mean, not that we weren't excited in the spring at all, just to have something to watch and have JMU football back, but I don't know. We were still at that point of like not knowing whether any sports were really going to make it very far. And in the end, we, you know, they didn't make it. (laughs) There were fits and starts throughout the spring. This year feels a lot more like this is going to happen. You know, I I feel much better about 
the team, given what Signetti said about the vaccination rates. You know, it sounds yeah. like nearly the entire team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel very good about that. I don't want to get into it. This will be a downer, but I, I'm not thrilled with the overall state of our country and how we approach. I mean, the numbers are probably worse now than they were in the spring. Yeah, overall, and yet at the same I'd time, like, what are we going to do? Like, we're not going to do that again. And yeah, and, so you know, I, yeah. But this should be a distraction. I, I had a rough day contemplating all that stuff, so I prefer <laughs> to not go down that road. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it, it, for children that just went back to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's a big deal. But I do feel better about the team itself being prepared to play. And yeah. I don't know how other teams stack up. I haven't been following the overall numbers in terms of CA opponents and their rates, but it does seem like JMU, as a football program, has its house in order. So yes. that is good. And not that they didn't in the spring, but they just didn't have a, a lever to pull. You know, there's... No, and I, even in the spring, I think we just didn't have any. We didn't have a lot. Like we didn't. We certainly didn't have like a high level of confidence that the season was going to make it to the end. No, I didn't at all. Or, the, or even that that maybe the season was worthwhile. You yeah. know, I mean, I, I think there was a question, and there were a lot of teams, and even on JMU, I think there were some injuries that, like, maybe were injuries that people wouldn't have sat out the season yeah. if it wasn't a weird spring season. You yeah, know, where this feels losses. like. It's football time, and we're here. We go, and and the team is ready. So, it's exciting to be back with you guys. As always, uh, you can rate and review us wherever you get this. We're so thrilled, Rob. I, our numbers were sky high, thanks to Greg Medea last week. Uh, oh, that awesome! Was really exciting. Or two weeks ago, and it was just an awesome show. And yeah, I actually listened to. He did another one with TJ Eck from the local. You know, I just saw channel. that posted on Twitter. I got to check yeah, that out. it was really good as well. Yeah, and and they did over unders and stuff, so we won't go there but it was um it's good as well so big thanks to greg again and while and, we're talking local media we got to give you know tip of the hat to dave thomas you know moving yeah, on man um, did you see did you tune in and see that speech he gave to the team that was really cool i was i've always liked dave i enjoyed listening to call games you know i actually yeah. tuned in uh, been on the show than, before i had yeah. forgotten we had him on i went back and looked at our notes yeah yeah no, he was on years ago um Early on, I, yeah. I thought he was fantastic. I thought he did a great job. I like tuning into those broadcasts. He will be missed, but it sounds like he's moving on uh, to be close to family and some good reasons for that. So we wish him well. But but he was he was good. He was good run. He had a good run, and he will be missed. He will definitely be missed. And uh, yeah, he really. I, I don't know what's next, but I felt like he really um, continued to evolve the quality of the broadcasts. Yeah, right? you know, along with Kurt on the TV side, but just really. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. And and just on a personal level, we just really liked him and, and uh, so glad. I, I got a chance to hang out with him in Frisco one time for a little bit and, uh, you know, really enjoyed it. So looking for uh, good luck to Dave and his family. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to miss you. And, and that was really cool of the coach and the team, the way they handled that. Speaking as someone who left the university and, and also got a – I didn't get a chance to make a speech to the Hoops team down there, but <laughs> but I did get like a basketball signed by the whole Hoops team you know, like That's it really was a cool. nice thing and it, it meant a lot. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, really cool uh, thing. And, and good luck to Dave. And as always, we're brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. I know they've got a buy one, get one. If you buy a one of their old T-shirts right now, you get a free hat. So um, they've got a promotion going on. And then they've, as always, if you go by the store and mention the podcast, you get a free Mossy Creek sticker. So things are gearing up for a great fall season. Um, down there and i hope everyone will go support mossy creek we're really thankful to them uh for coming on the continuing to stay on the this yes. dork journey with us <laughs> so uh 
Rob, I just had a few quick notes before we get to football. We're going to preview the Moorhead State game a little bit tonight, and, and we're going to talk a little bit more at length about our predictions, both for the you know the game and the season, but more, more so the season mm-hmm. um, ahead. A, a bunch of JMU sports have already started. Uh, it, tomorrow is cut day in the NFL, so we will have, you know, I think we will, hopefully we'll be talking about a big JMU win next week that doesn't require a ton of breakdown. And we will also talk about like, who does and doesn't make rosters um, next yeah. week a little bit. Uh, I saw the post beat reporters are, they seem to think Jimmy's on the right side of the bubble um, for the football team, uh, you know, so uh, among other things, because of how much he plays on like coverage units and punt return units and stuff like that. So we'll, we'll see. Um, I don't know what the news, it looks, the news looks good in Tampa for, for a JMU South, I think. But I don't know. I don't know much about the other the other guys yet. So we'll 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 break that down a little bit next week, and hopefully some of those guys, even if they don't make active rosters, will get a chance on practice squads or elsewhere. Um, so that that was good for the NFL uh, men's soccer one and one tough way to start against the defending champs. A uh, little bit of a struggle there. Women's soccer a little slow out of the gate. Uh, they do host. Just wanted to mention them because they host Virginia Tech on Thursday at five. So that's kind of a cool thing. Um, if you're in or around the Berg, that's a, obviously a fun one to go see. Uh, one team who has started out hot is field hockey with a couple of three, nothing wins. Um, and they host ODU Friday at five. So they actually have a little bit of a like old school CAA tour to start the season. I noticed Rob, they play ODU and Richmond. I think they play ODU at home on Friday and Richmond on Sunday. And who, in did, Richmond. who did they beat yesterday? St. Francis? Or... Yeah. And Bucknell before that. So I okay. mean, look, I don't know the first thing about like, feel like a competition outside of like when they play the ACC teams, but um, good start. Three nothings are solid wins in field hockey, as we know. So uh, really good start. And, and there's some, um, you know, friends of the program children on the field hockey team now that uh, it's pretty cool. So, (laughs) you know, keep it up, keep up the good work. I always love that program. Um, And volleyball started off two and one. Again, I I almost would call that a slow start. I did notice volleyball plays a, uh, I think they're going to Bowie's Creek to a Campbell tournament where I expect them to win handily over a lot of uh, um, lower conference. I don't know, but yeah, like, so they they may sort of be on the uptick by the time we talk next week. Uh, I didn't have anything else. Did you Rob going around? No, no, I just saw the volleyball, you know, they, they came from two sets down last Mm -hmm. week to win a match, which was, which is exciting. That's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Um, so we'll see where that program ends up. Volleyball is really fun to follow on the social media stuff because I, I think, is it James Hickey does such a great job of like promoting that and calling yeah. games it, and just it's, we know it's a fun atmosphere. Uh, volleyball is in old Godwin, you know, sort of the, the last team in old Godwin, you know, I, I guess the notatorium is technically in Godwin, but you know, um, yeah, but that's a fun thing. And same thing, go see volleyball if you can. Uh, so that's all. Um, and now we're going to move on to, uh, looking at the Moorhead state game this week, Rob, we'll kind of do this a little bit quick. I, 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 we were just thinking like, I'm not gonna, we played Moorhead state a lot. Um, I thought it was interesting. Medea and TJ Eck pointed out that, uh, you know, JMU is almost at an FBS number of scholarships right now. Because of the the free COVID waiver and Moorhead State is a non-scholarship program. So this could actually be 
like worse. The discrepancy may be even worse than it has been the other times JMU has played Morehead State. Yeah, this and this we've one. like tried to come up with funny things to make fun of them, but it's almost not worth it at this point. So I don't want the players to overlook the game by any means, but I also, you know, I, I think the outcome, you know, it would be really shocking and and distressing <laughs> if if the outcome were at all in doubt. Um into the second half, right? So. Yeah, I mean, borderline catastrophic. Let's, let's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. This, this would not so. be good. Like, you don't want to look past an opponent. You don't want to be disrespectful. Certainly, you and I have kind of always made our thing like we will poke fun on Twitter and make mm-hmm. jokes, but we never want to legitimately disrespect other student athletes. But this is a big gap here. Yeah. This is a big gap. Morehead State had a relatively successful spring. I don't know if you even looked into it, but they were four and three. I think yeah. they were picked to finish last, but whatever. They did in the spring, and I think they beat Davidson twice. Like it was, it was a wonky yeah. spring season. Um, it really didn't change the mind of any of the of the prognosticators. I think they still were picked to finish like seventh, so they're they're expected to be one of the weaker teams in what is kind of a weaker league. Um, yeah, but you know they they did have a like I said successful thing. They've got a quarterback who can throw well. I think he had over sixty percent of his completions. They got a receiver who. I want to say had like eight or nine touchdown catches in a seven game season. So they do look like they've gotten a little bit more offensive talent than in years past. But you also, you go through JMU's roster and you see a lot of like Andre Seminoff type stuff, like sixth year seniors. And it's just a really deep and experienced team. So I don't expect this one to be too close. I'm not really looking for the results as much as I'm looking for like, how people are playing, how how the offense looks. Can we even read anything into any sort of good or bad performance this weekend? I don't know if we can. It's just how prepared they look. And we, we say this all the time, Todd, but it's like, are they playing assignment football? Are they doing their jobs? Or are they just blowing guys up at the line and kind of making a mockery of the game? Yeah. Um, if we're going to jump right into it, like that's yeah. the thing that I'm looking for. On first down here, Rob, yeah. Yeah, first down, like. I actually took notes tonight. Hey, yeah, all right. I'm, yeah. I'm expecting the defense to look a lot sharper than they typically would in week one. And mm-hmm. I was somebody who was really skeptical of should we or should we not play in the spring? Is it going to negatively impact the fall play? Oh, there's going to be injuries. JMU came out of the spring relatively unscathed. I mean, you had Green who was out, but he's coming back. They are so, so deep. I think the fact that they're coming off, you know, a very short break where it's kind of like recovery than back in camp means the defense, it's going to be kind of more picking up where it left off versus mm-hmm. getting the motor running again, which is something mm-hmm. we've often seen from Jamie teams where it takes them three or four weeks to really get in groove. They know Heatherman's system. Um, Greg, Greg mentioned on the podcast last week that they had a practice where they rolled in an entire second, you know, defensive line that was all FBS transfers. This team is so deep. So I think we're just going to see people kind of rotate in now. You've got a guy like Wayne Davis in the back. You've got um, two really experienced linebackers. I don't. I'm curious to see who kind of fills in the the secondary linebacker role. But I just think the defense is going to be getting up to kind of game speed much mm-hmm. earlier in the season. And God help Morehead State if they're yeah. <laughs> you know if the defense is is hitting on all cylinders and playing with that depth. It's going to be a really, really uh, dominant performance, I think. Yeah, I think the one part of the defense I'm most interested in is is the. It's interesting because I mean we know it's the strength and the depth is the D line. One of the things in the spring, 
you know, the D-line played well, played probably better than expected given the, you know, they were missing Jalen Green and Isaac Ukwu. And, you know, the there were some in and out. Like, they, it didn't turn out. We thought it was going to be a big strength, and then it wasn't. Yeah. And then I thought they really developed into a really str- – pretty strong unit by the end of the season and when they were in the playoffs oh, I'd agree. Um, but they didn't pressure the quarterback very much last year no it, uh, not not just from the front four they actually heatherman got to a point where he was like okay we're going to send tucker dorsey we're going to send q reed like yeah. we're going to get to the quarterback but, but but we have to do it a different way it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't that Dock old school. Rundell carter type correct was, right you know peel our, yeah. pin our ears back and go get the quarterback Right. Um, you know, or for an older generation, the kind of moat Sam Daniels, like mm-hmm. we could do this from our front four. DJ and I think with Mike Green moving back to the middle, that's going to provide some real blowing up the middle. And now you bring back Uku and Green and all these other guys on the edges. I, I think we're going to like, I'm really hopeful. And against a team that they should work, <laughs> I would really like to see some pressure that doesn't involve the back seven. Like I'd like to see the front four actually get to the quarterback, you know, I'm um, this week a little bit. So, yeah, that's a great yeah, point. Man. That's something yeah. I hadn't really thought of, but you're absolutely right is can they just generate consistent pressure on the quarterback? Um, and again, it's week one, so you don't expect to be perfect, but with the talent advantage, the depth advantage, and the fact that they're coming off a relatively short break where they're kind of, already in game you know much of this camp probably wasn't spent getting people back into the rhythm and was right. fine tuning so yeah i do well, think that's certainly something we should look for thanks yeah and the other thing i mean normally we play jmu is playing a they're setting up for an fbs game right now mm-hmm. um in in this labor day weekend week one and i think that requires like at least in the signetti mike houston eras has been more creative game planning because yeah. you didn't, you never expected to get pressure with just your front four against an NC State or a West Virginia, right? And so you did have to be really, like you were breaking out all the stops a little bit right out of the gate in these games at West Virginia or at NC State. I mean, not entirely. People would argue with me on that, but but compare this year, I expect them to just be pretty base, pretty vanilla on defense, and I still expect them to get after it a little bit. That's what I'm hoping to see at least. So yeah. Um, my second down, you know, I start here, Rob. I just catch punts that are supposed to be caught, That's right? right. <laughs> and like, I, and and then like, don't, you know, just yeah, catch the ones you're supposed to, and don't try to catch the ones you're not supposed to. Kind of, I mean, I I don't even need like massive returns yet or anything else. I just don't want you to like let one fall. You know, last year in the spring, I think we saw some that we let bounce. And then the next time we the coach would yell at them and then you'd run up and try to catch it when maybe that wasn't the best play or, you know, or you try, you wouldn't call a fair catch. I, I just want to see them be clean in that part of the game. Well, I don't Signetti, need them to do anything special yet. Yeah. Signetti talked about that in one of Medea's latest articles, mm-hmm. mentioning how that, you know, they haven't decided who's going to return and Strova is known for catching them. I think he said Thornton is in the mix, but Thornton isn't yet comfortable with when to go get it when it like just, Yep. Fielding it. You know, he can go to the house. I don't know if you watched the Nebraska-Illinois game. Oh, God. Unfortunately, I watched a little yeah. bit of that. Yeah, I watched yeah. a little too. And it's the same reaction. It's a tough thing to do. Like, there, there are hard and fast rules that you're supposed to know. But in the heat of the moment, some guys forget them, some don't. And, you know, last year, everybody kind of complained because they didn't have a D'Angelo Amos-type runner. Um, but there is something to be said for simply fielding the ball cleanly. And you – I mean, you did it in high yeah, school. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. that's just – 
you just got to go catch it first before you can do anything else. But it's that decision-making thing that I think is really critical. Uh, yeah. Specials bit this team last year. I would love to see it take a leap forward. I would settle for it just being kind of a consistent above average unit. Like don't yeah. don't let it be a detriment. I would no. I would prefer to have it be like just can it be mistake free? Can it execute yeah. the plays it needs to you as a unit? And can it position JMU so the other strengths of the team, you know, the mm-hmm. offensive unit, the defense can do its job. So just can it be mistake free? Let's start with that and then go from yeah. there. And don't put it, I don't mean to put it all on Sroba or the returners themselves. Like the gunners need to block the guy. Like other people need to do their job so those guys aren't getting killed the minute they step up to catch the punt. I mean, there's more to this. You know, uh, there doesn't need to be holding penalties on. Yeah, there doesn't need to be holding penalties on every special teams play. You know, I mean, that's what I'd like to see this weekend. Um, You know, especially against a team that there should be opportunities for returns. both, you know, hopefully not too many opportunities for kickoff returns, but, uh, but you know, there should be opportunities in the punt return game this week. So, I mean, historically, yeah, just like play. maybe this isn't accurate, but I sure feel like before CA play gets going, JMU is usually good for one or two return touchdowns a season. It seems like it's kind of a staple of the program is they mm-hmm. get that done in these overmatched opponents. They really make the difference on special teams. I don't know, but it was really bad in the Sam Houston State game. That was the biggest source of frustration. And It was, but that had been building all year. Like, it was bad exactly. off and on throughout the spring. It wasn't – the Sam Houston game was the was a team that could really sting them. Yeah. Right. It, it, it was came back to fight them. It mean, was. Some of it was a little bit fluky. But overall, there were just dumb mistakes. It wasn't like these mm-hmm. massive catastrophes. It was just a series of nicks and bruises that added up and then really bit them in the biggest game. So. Yeah. No, no doubt. So what do you got for third down, Rob? I mean, uh, I hope this doesn't sound like I'm, I'm taking the easy way out, but I'm excited to watch Cole play. I, I'm hoping that we get Cole down the stretch. I think this will be not a tough test, but Moorhead State does create turnovers. They can pick the ball off, so it's not just like him going back there and fishing a barrel. Um, right. I think they did pick us off in the spring, right? <laughs> I don't really yeah. remember, but yeah, yeah. But like, I, I mean, they had a really good turnover margin. I think they had like double-digit mm-hmm. interceptions last year. So they can make plays, and I think that's good. I think you need to be a little bit challenged, but obviously I expect Thornton and Wells and these guys, uh, Ravenel, to get open. And I want to see, mm-hmm. can Cole be aggressive? Can he kind of thread them in and take some chances? Um, not dink and dunk, but when appropriate, does he make the check down? Does he do it confidently? Um, basically, are we getting Cole riding high, confidence, you know, last three or four games of last year? Or are we getting a little bit of the the relapse into last year? I, I like to think that now that he's not looking back over his shoulder and he, you know, deservedly got a lot of praise and played really well down the stretch, that the sky is the limit for him. I just mm-hmm. would really like to see him get off to a good start, um, have a nice, easy, you know, like fourteen for sixteen, two touchdowns, sit out in the second half type of day. Oh, I was going to say expanding on the. Um... The quarterback position, I mean, the better Cole plays, the more we will all get to see potentially other quarterbacks, yeah. which is something else we'd be curious. And the without ball him, the future of Jamie. Yeah. yeah. And I think with, you know, with Maine coming next week and Weber State the week after, this is the chance this year. Normally we play like the FBS game and then we get a couple, a couple more heads. This year that's spread out because we get Campbell and some. It's, it's this and homecoming. 
You're yeah, yeah, like we get another, yeah, something else later in the season. But I just, you know, um, that, yeah, I, this is really, this is the week for if they can stretch the lead to see a quarter and a half of, you know, somebody else um, and, and get a feeling for how that shakes out. So, yeah, I'm with you on that for sure. Uh, speaking of Cole looking over his shoulder last year, I, I did note that uh, Bryant played Bryant University, which is where um, – Gage Maloney transferred. I think they did say that he's going to be the starter and they play Rhode Island this Saturday in a cross Rhode Island, you know, cross state little matchup up there. And um, so, you know, good luck to Gage. Uh, and, you know, we'd certainly love them to beat a, beat a CAA rival this weekend. Uh, but I, I don't know how that's going to go. I, just, I would really like to see him do well. I'd be very yeah, happy for him if he can end, end his college for career sure. on a high note. For sure. And then my fourth down, Rob, is uh, I, I'm just I, I, I want to see the O line. I want to see the O line. You know how who's out there? Who's out there after the first quarter or two? Like as they start making some rotations, I'd like to see who plays and how they play. And I, I'm really excited for them to not have to play against the JMU first, second, and third team D lines that they've been matching up with all summer, yeah. and to get a chance to hit somebody with a different color jersey. I, I hope that I imagine they are also excited about that. But I, to me, that is the biggest question mark on this team. And probably like if they get competent line play, this, they could win the national title this year. I mean, to me, that's, this is the one thing, like every other position on the field. I mean, I need to see a little more from special teams. Obviously we want to see some stuff from Cole. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's other things that you could nitpick at, but the one thing where I'm like, I don't know what we have is, what is the line play going to look like? It's it's sort of been two years since we've seen like a, a sort of cohesive unit, you know, with everybody intact playing. It's and, the uh, biggest question mark. Yeah. It's the one that hangs over. We mentioned the return game is a little room, but that's not, we kind of. Yeah. And some of that's a little bit like personnel based and that, yeah, yeah. I, I think they'll sort that out in time, you know, in a full length season, but this is like right away. You know, if this is a problem against Moorhead, it's going to be a problem against Maine. And, you know, I don't. And certainly we were. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not something I want to see them to. Like, I, look, I'm going to, we'll be critical if they mess up in special teams this week. I will also think that it's possible to sort some of that out as a full length season goes along. The O-line, because of, like, I'm not sure who the guys are behind the first, say, six guys. Like, I don't know. You know, there's nobody else on the roster who's just like going to fix this by putting a, a more starting caliber player in there or, you know, like yeah, I want to see them play pretty well uh, from the get go, you know? So. Yeah. It is kind of interesting. Like, will there be another Fornado, a guy who can come and be a four year starter? I haven't mm-hmm. heard anything that leads me to believe there will. I kind of think we're going to have a freshman come in and say, well, maybe not on the thing, but I think we saw a lot from Potts in the yes. spring that makes it, us think he's going to be with Fernando, people shuffled around, played different positions. Right. Um, it's also just huge having Fernando back. I mean, you could say with it's him and Green, you could make yep. an argument that either one of those guys are, are for the best player in the, yep. on the roster. You can make yeah. an argument for Percy, for other guys. You know, it's yep. a fun argument to have, but Fernando right. and Green would be in the conversation. Getting those guys back on both sides of the line is huge. Huge, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, that, those are all good points. So, look, um, it's going to be fun. <laughs> We're going to be back at Bridgeforth. Uh, I was glad, you know, JMU seems pretty full steam ahead. And 
I don't think there's any reason to think, you know, there, there aren't any, let's put it this way. There aren't any rules that are going to come down in the next three days that wouldn't also affect their FBS brethren schools in the Commonwealth. And those would cause a lot more outcry than just JMU. So I think we're kind of set. Like JMU said, indoor people have to mask, but tailgating's a go, stadium's a go. Like, it's a good time to be outside. Like, let's go out and enjoy Labor Day weekend here. So I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm thrilled and, and excited for this weekend. And hopefully we'll be talking about some fun stuff next week and have some actual tape to break down that, you know, we're excited about. And, and, and we'll get to talk about all the things we didn't get to talk about in the spring, right? The band, the cheerleaders, the crowd, yes. were students staying, were students there? Like, what was the scoreboard? You know, everything in the spring, it was kind of like, eh, we don't even get to talk about the fun stuff we usually get to talk about. And uh, this year, we'll, you know, it looks like at least next Monday, we're going to get to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the student tickets for the went on sale for the first time in what, two years. Yeah, in the online yeah. reservation, so that's cool. They got a pep rally, I think, on Thursday for mm-hmm. the new students. Um, yeah, it's a good opportunity. I just, I hope it's not insanely hot. That's always kind of the dagger of the yeah. first game. But yeah, yeah. Maybe with with Ida coming through, it'll cool things down for a few days. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm not a meteorologist. Yeah, it's too early in the week. We'll get to that. Actually, Rob, I should point out we we need we need, I need to find to dig up the password for the blog because uh, I, I got a request via text today to um. That are I don't know what's on there right now, but whatever it is is still the Sam Houston photo yeah, or something. I'll, and I was I'll, like, I like oh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it this week. So yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe, we'll. maybe. <laughs> I have aspirations. I really, really, really enjoyed the blog for a number of years. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping I can muster that same level of enthusiasm or somewhere even approximating half of it for this season. Well, I never mind doing the previews. It, yeah, so we'll see. We'll, yeah. we'll get something one way or the other. We'll get something out. We'll get something. Um, yeah. So, Rob, the next thing as we kind of move along, uh, you know, next week we'll be doing things we're looking forward to or, or concerned about after the four downs from the Moorhead State game. This week we're going to kind of do our season look ahead here. And I think, you know, the one thing we wanted to say is we're going to talk about our predictions for the season, regular season and potentially postseason, um, and kind of what our both prediction and expectation is. but. I think we want to just remind everyone, like in the spring, it was really hard to prognosticate anything. Rob and I are both going to be very high on this team. I think it's safe to say like everybody else in JMU world. Uh, But is it fair, Rob? Like the expectation is astronomical these days in this program. And we are so fortunate to have it be that way. But when we started like (laughs) the blog in 2009, like, this was unthinkable that, I mean, we're, we're deciding between like, you know, I don't know what you think, but to me, like anything short of a semifinal would kind of be a disappointment this year. And I wonder like maybe anything short of Frisco would be a disappointment. And I, I think the team would agree with me in saying that, but I wonder, is that fair? Like, is it fair that the expectation has gotten to be um, at such an outrageous level? I don't, I don't know if it's fair, and I'm not sure we can even judge that, but it is a stark difference from when we started where it was like the conversation was, can this team get into the playoffs back when we started? You know, And I think a yeah. lot of us viewed the 2004 National Championship team as special, but it was almost like, it, I don't want to say fluky, but it wasn't – we certainly didn't have the feeling like 
that was the level JMU was at every year. Now JMU yeah, considers yeah. itself to be a national title contender every year. The fans consider it, and anybody who's paying attention does. So it's just it's it's black and white, night and day, whatever you want to say. Like it is nothing like it was back when we started. Mm-hmm. The issue of fairness, yeah, I think it kind of is fair. I think when you've got the advantages that JMU has in terms of coaches and facilities and support, um, you know, mm-hmm. when, when you commit for the past decade to be at this level and you start to get up there starting in 2016, they have not dropped down below. You know, like we can talk about the Colgate disaster or things like that. Those are outliers. I mean, every other year, JMU is a consistent top five program. Um, When you're in the top five, everything else kind of falls off. Like at that point, like you're quibbling, you're picking nits. JMU is consistently there until they – find themselves in a position where they're not or they completely fail for not just one or two years, not not an, you know, an anomaly, but I, I absolutely think it's fair. Uh, it's mm-hmm. ridiculously high bar, mm-hmm. but come on. I mean, somebody said something recently. Um, when they had that interview with Benson, the former Sunbelt guy, oh, yeah, he was yeah. like, oh, well, JMU is, you know, the, the premier FCS program in, uh, in the East Coast. Like, what type of lame statement is that? Like, what else would you even say other than that? Like, who would even be... <laughs> Right, right. Shouting distance. Like, well, especially yeah. since with all the people that have left since we started this, right? I mean, we're, you know, Georgia Southern's not here. App State's not here. ODU's not here. ODU's right? isn't I here. Mean, I mean, right. Uh, yeah. Delaware appears to be back, but give it another two or three years before I'm ready to plant that flag and say, yeah, they're absolutely back to the level they were. So it stinks. It's it's a high bar. It's tough to live up to expectations. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do think it's fair. I got to say, on the Delaware note, I'm kind of hoping that Delaware is back for the conference conversation, but I will also, you know, Delaware's run to the semis last spring was, um, turned out to be rather cushy ride to the semis. And then they got their doors blown off in said semis. And I, um, Delaware back feels like a very like FBS, like Texas back, Miami back conversation. Right. And I, I will also enjoy, immensely if um delaware who starts the season ranked fifth somehow is not back (laughs) so what i I mean i'm kind of half-heartedly rooting for them to be back just so that you know it's not jmu and everybody else in the converse you know we're not propping up the league so much at the end of the at the select come selection sunday uh but you know yeah well i don't know i i I, they have to have more fun if they were not good i would too yeah and they and they have to prove it i think you know I, i don't know to me JMU and the two Dakota states have, and Weber to a certain extent, have, um, those are the only four that I sort of give the benefit of the doubt to right now. Um, and Sam, obviously Sam Houston, I mean, have it coming off the season they had. But uh, the rest of the country, I, you know, even the Montanas, you know, who both claim to be back, um, I will be watching closely, you know, so we'll see. Uh, yeah, uh, especially for them who didn't play. So, Rob, we'll do it this way. Um, 11-game regular season coming up. What is your prediction for the JMU regular season record? And what is your – what's the floor also? Like what's the worst case – what's the worst case regular season record, do you think? You know, kind of what – like, I, I, you know, both your pr- prediction, but, you know, I, to me it would be really – like I don't know if – I'd be really shocked if, you know, what what record would be like – totally catastrophic and you just can't see them falling to sort of 
Yeah. Well, catastrophic to me would be seven wins or fewer because I think that puts you on okay, the bubble. So, seven, on the outside. so you think eight and three is about the floor? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And I think yeah. that's going back to what I said earlier about how much the expectations have changed. Eight and three was kind of the goal when we started this. Yeah, thing. it was. Like, oh much. man, that's awesome. That's you're solidly you got a bid, and then it's roll the dice. What happens in the playoffs mm-hmm. is kind of all gravy. We're not at that level anymore. I, I think. I, I think ten and one. I don't think going undefeated. I think going undefeated is incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are good enough teams in the CAA plus the Weaver State at Weaver game, mm-hmm. where it's. It's pretty likely that they will slip up at least once, mm-hmm. um, but I think ten and one is certainly feasible. And then I'm kind of the same way I was last year. Like they make it to the semifinals, I'm happy. At that point, I think if you make it that far, clearly you want to win it all. But it's not the end of the world if you fall. As painful as last spring was, mm-hmm. whatever. It was a good season. They mm-hmm. they exceeded my expectations, and the fact that they they proved once again that the hype was justified, and this level that we're holding them to of this top four, top five team, they they met that. So you're meeting mm-hmm. the bar. I kind of feel the same way. Um, I do think though that if they beat Weaver, my expectations are good. I, I will be kind of riding high, thinking Frisco every week, and as try as I might not to to just yeah. enjoy it. I will be thinking, you know, championship or bust at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. What about you? What are you thinking? Yeah, I, I, everyone is talking about this stretch of the schedule from Weber onward. You know, they get the first two games at home. Um, I, I still think Maine is a little bit of a tricky, you know, could be a tricky trappish type game in week two because they could, they should probably win this weekend by three scores, even if they play poorly. <laughs> You know, and so they're going to feel pretty good about themselves, no matter what the coaches say or the film says. I think the players, just thinking like a player, they're going to feel pretty good about themselves on Monday and Tuesday, regardless of sort of what the coaches are telling them. Um, and and then you're going to be looking ahead to this big road trip, this big fun road trip against a big, you know, a bigger time opponent that that I think the players on this team are familiar with in Weber. Um, and uh, and the one really interesting, I mean, you know, one of the, I think the first time, I think I heard last week, maybe the first time they've played two time zones away. Um, I was just going to say, I'm not sure they've ever played that far west. Yeah, I mean, I other sports have obviously been west, but but football has not. And, um, is you know, and State, just, is Fargo the furthest west they've been? Or? Yeah, it may, be, it may be. Yeah, Fargo or Texas, I mean, I don't know which. Frisco yeah, for, they've yeah, been to SMU team. and stuff. You know, they've been to Dallas and, and Frisco, you know, but um, – but yeah, they, I don't think they've ever played like a Pac-12 team or something to open the season. So um, yeah, so you know, I worry a little bit about the main game. But then there's that stretch. So they go to Weber and to New Hampshire in back-to-back weeks, which is obviously pr- two pretty long trips. Uh, New Hampshire lost their announced their quarterback is out for the season uh, this week. Right? I, I, I'm not as like – I hate Durham, New Hampshire. I hate the field, the whole setup there, how JMU, JMU's history of playing poorly there. Yeah, At the same time, I'm not sold on like New Hampshire's back this year or anything like that. Um, But those are two tough trips in a row. They come home for Villanova, who should be pretty good. And then they go to Richmond and to Delaware. So there's that five-week stretch that is, um, you know, that's the hardest part of the season. That's the the gauntlet. That is the gauntlet. I, I just... Everyone's talking it up. I'm with you. I think if they beat Weber, the gauntlet does not feel as gauntletish to me. 
Um, especially because it'll be a few weeks. The the one other team, I mean, I think Delaware is clearly the one that jumps off the page at you um, in, in terms of a road trip to Delaware against a a talented team, you know, um, re- regardless of whatever their issues are. And so, but I think if they're, if they're riding high by then and clicking, I mean, that's the end of that run. I, I don't know. So my prediction, I, I actually uh, I've been so torn on this. You it, went with 10 and one. I'm going 11 and 0. I, I don't, I'm with you. I think eight is probably the low end. I agree. Because that would mean you lose to Weber and then you lose to probably either Delaware or Richmond. And then maybe you trip up in a game that you shouldn't lose somewhere else because you're really struggling with like getting your mind right again. So if that's, you know, an Elon type or a Towson type down, I don't know, right? William and Mary, I mean, who knows, right? But it seems like uh, one or the other of those games, you know, could they lose to Villanova? Yeah. Um, But like, it doesn't feel like they're going to lose to Richmond and Delaware, right? I mean, if they lose to Richmond and then they have to go to Delaware the next week, they're going to be ready to go, you know? Um, You know, so I think they're going to get it rolling. I think they can weather this. I think that the spring was such an anomaly for this team. And I think they feel like fully loaded again. And yeah, the Weber game is the one that, is gonna is gonna send our expectations and, and the crazy thing is i don't know that it's that important right they could lose the weber game and if they run the table and go 10 and 1 and they lost to weber That's they're fine. probably still a national seed probably even a top four seed depending on what happens elsewhere but right weber plays well that's what i mean i mean but they're probably they're definitely a top eight seed if they go 10 and 1 with a loss at weber they're playing right? at home I, in the playoffs yeah. they're playing at home to start the playoffs so you know, the Weber game, ironically, is is like, you know, maybe less important than the Delaware-Richmond-Villanova games, but but it's also the one that feels like the biggest bellwether to whether this team is ready. Yeah, yeah and like, if they go out there and lose like 35-32 on a kick at the buzzer, okay, you know, we'll reevaluate at that, you know, that may not feel like quite the dagger that we're thinking it is or something, you know. But to go back to but, recent history, like, I think well, if they were to go out there and win – 35-14 or something, make a statement, it mm-hmm. would tell more and it would change my expectations for the positive more than the win against uh, ECU a couple of years ago did. Where it's like, okay, Correct. Did, you know, you, 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 can, you can envision a scenario where JMU's done in the past. You just kind of get up for an FBS game or things fall in your favor, you know. But this mm-hmm. is more head-to-head. This is two teams competing for the national championship. If they have a convincing victory, I will be much more excited than I would against a, you know, a G5 win. And I know yeah. I'm the outlier there. A lot of people are saying crazy. It's a bigger deal. No. I'm not talking about the attention it draws. I'm talking about this is the hand we're dealt. Right now, Jamie is an FCS team. The goal is to win an FCS national championship. If they were to beat Weaver, I would feel more confident about their ability to win the FCS national championship than I would in terms of if they were to beat whatever, Miami of Ohio and end up on Sports Center. Yeah, that's exciting, but it doesn't necessarily make me any more confident about the goal for this year. So right. I'm really, really looking forward to that Weber game, but we will get there in two weeks. We will. Um, one interesting note on Weber, um, not <laughs> we're fans, we can look ahead. But <laughs> one interesting note is they play Thursday night at Utah. Utah. On yeah. Pac-12 Network at 7.30 Eastern. So um, a lot of us, I, I don't know who has Pac-12 Network, but you may get a chance to watch this um, game depending on what your situation is. I mean, but it's certainly going to be uh, interesting. 
Utah is the 24th ranked preseason FBS team. So always, you know, Pac-12 quality opponent. So uh, we'll be, we'll, we'll get a real good look at Weber to start to, right from the beginning. Um, and actually for their sake, I hope they, like we always would when JMU starts with an FBS, I hope they don't lose anybody for the year. Yeah, me too. terrible. I hope they get through that game, you know, healthy more than I care about whether they win or lose. You know, um, I have to say if they won, it'd be really cool for this matchup. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm rooting for Weber this week. That would really tee up a big time matchup in week three um, that might get some, you know, might get them on game day a little bit, you know, not not having game day, but that, that game might be mentioned. Yeah, it might be a mentioned type game, you know, um, if, if they get there. So. That would be cool. Uh, yeah, Rob, the much harder to predict thing is the, is the postseason. I'll only say I, you know, I, here I am picking them to go 11 and 0, saying the floor is 8 and 3. Uh, I'd be, I will be disappointed if they don't make it to Frisco, but I feel like I agree with you, which is um, I, it's really difficult to sit here now and make any kind of prediction beyond the final four, you know, I mean, the playoffs are kind of set up to where if you are a top four seed, which we think JMU can be, um, you know, they, they help you out to get to at least the final four. And that feels like the real marker of like success for this program right now. And, and we'll have to kind of reevaluate, like, like we said, I mean, last year, Delaware made to the semis in an easy way. You know, you got to kind of see who they're, who are they matched up with? What's the story? Yeah. I mean, if JMU's hosting a semifinal game, then by all means, I'll expect them to win it and go on. If they're, you know, I don't know. We'll have to see how Sam Houston plays. We'll have to see how NDSU plays, how all these, you know, if JMU's headed to Sam Houston in the semis or headed to NDSU in the semis because those teams have looked great in the regular season or one of the Montanas or something like that, you know, maybe I'll change my tune in mid-December. But I, I think for me, the final four is the expectation, and I would predict them to get to Texas in January. I mean, just relative to the other teams that I'm aware of. You know, I don't know. I think there are four or five teams that if I w- were a fan podcaster for those teams, I would probably say the same thing. I don't know. You know, Sam Houston had some puck luck in the – in the playoffs last year, they were very worthy champions. They ran yeah. like the teams they beat. No asterisks. They, they no asterisks at all. But, but we've seen that teams. with JMU teams in the past yes. too, right? They had some, the kind you of get luck. Some breaks. You get some yeah, breaks. I mean, the yeah. JMU Weber, the first JMU Weber game comes to mind. You know, you, you, you know, you, you, you make some plays, but you also get some breaks. And, yes. Uh, yeah. And, and so, um, it's still funny yeah. that Keeler gave himself a PhD in playoffs. I don't even care if he's won multiple <laughs> national championships. The guy's a good coach, but that's such a ridiculous statement. <laughs> oh, Keeler. I know, I know, I know. Um, yeah. And look, I hope all those teams are good. Like, I would like to see this be well, except a... one. I don't like North Dakota State. Being good. No, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I would, I'm just saying, I hope the Montanas are back. I hope yes, that... I agree. They do play well, right? I hope that SDSU plays well. I hope that Weber and Com- – I certainly hope Weber plays well throughout the season other than losing to JMU. Um, <laughs> you know, I, like I would really like to see, you know, this not just be JMU and NDSU are the conversation all year. I think this is setting up to be a year where there 
are six or seven or eight teams that should be in the conversation all year. Um, and that is more fun for the, for the, for December, for what December means to us. Yeah, that's then, great. North Dakota State, yeah. amazing run, and hats off to them. I can't stand them, but they, they mm-hmm. deserve every accolade they've ever gotten. You know, it's been just a tremendous program. And I know some people will say, oh, it's great to have a, a dynasty. It's better for the whole subdivision. I think it was getting a little extreme. I mean, if you're Jamie, who's the only team to beat him in the playoffs for a decade, um, I'm over it. I think it got to, I think that what what really happened is it had gotten to the point, and even before the spring season, had gotten to the point with maybe JMU where there wasn't really a conversation to be had about FCS. Like it was just kind of NDSU, and if they play JMU, maybe they will lose. But other than that, there really wasn't, there wasn't really a conversation um, to be had. And this year, again, it feels like there's a conversation, Um, you know, and, and if you want to throw, you know, there's quite a few other teams. I mean, there, we know there's a bunch of other teams that could have the potential to get in that conversation. But I think now Sam Houston is clearly in it. South Dakota State is clearly in it. You know, like there are, I think Weber has earned their way into it. So, you know, if the Montanas are there, if JMU and, and if NDSU plays better, if JMU is the, where they're supposed to be, all of these teams will be in it. You know, could, you know, we know the names, Jacksonville State, whatever. I mean, we know some of the other teams like Eastern Washington, like, could they get in it? Yes. But it feels like there's more, a little more depth at the level this year. Well, um, you're looking at the situation, the programs you named, Todd, they probably all have fans having the exact same conversation you and I are having saying, no. Hey, semifinals is, is meeting expectations. This means for the first time in a number of years, there's five or six fan bases that are going to be legitimately disappointed because they think their team's underperformed. And it's just sheer numbers. Like yeah. got and I don't know enough about every roster, but I also know that other people have the same COVID flexibility that JMU does, which if you – this is – to me, this is going to separate those top 10 teams from the bottom 40 even more this season. Yeah. Because if I'm a senior at, you know, where? A six-year senior. Yeah. yeah, if I'm a six-year senior at Towson and I didn't play last – like, did I stay? I don't think I stayed, Right. I, if I got a job, you know, if you got a job lined up at KP, whatever you, you know, your job is, you go on with your life a little bit. Where if I'm a six-year senior at Montana who didn't get to play, but I think our team could win the national championship or back. I stopped to go to state, I'm coming back. And so I think the, that whole group of teams in the top 10, they pro- probably have a lot of rosters that look like JMU's. So for as excited as I get about our depth and everything, I don't think Sam lost a single player like from the team that wanted in the spring. So they should be good again, you know? Um, so uh, yeah, it's exciting. Um, Man, all this but, talk has me already annoyed about uh, the Missouri Valley getting too many undeserved bids. In, in, for the I'm playoffs. really annoyed. I will say, I think the Missouri Valley has a lot of, uh, they, they do have a lot of, uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's a um, great league. It, uh, it's a great league. Uh, but come on now. There are other I good know. teams. They, they can't keep – whatever. I'm, all, I'm annoyed about it already. The fact I, that we're going to have some 7-4 team get a bid over a 9-2 team from another league. I am trying to prepare myself, though, for this fall to be more aware of other leagues. Yeah. than Normally I'm so focused on the Valley, you know, outside of the CAA, and I'm trying to remind myself this year with this weird – whatever Sam – this conference that Sam plays in now – that I don't know what it is, the AQ, whatever. I'm, I'm trying to figure this all out right now, but I, I 
and having a full slate of uh, big sky games when some of those teams didn't play or, or had really limited, you know, access to playing last season. Uh, you know, I'm excited to have all those teams back. So I do, I'm, I'm going to be like you, Rob. I hope the Valleys, I'm afraid that their reputation will carry them to many more, you know, an extra bid or two uh, when maybe this season, I'm not sure that will be deserved. It, we got to let it play out, see how it works. So I think that's, um, that's our look ahead to the season. Um, yeah, they're going undefeated, Rob. They're winning the whole thing. Come yeah, on, get on board. Yeah, buy the t-shirts. Let's go. Right, right. Uh, so for overtime tonight, we did get a couple couple suggestions. The one that I think we were thinking about, Rob, you want to talk about this? This was a uh, uh, sort of a non. We've now. done a, some version of this in the past, but it was like kind of a favorite activity or thing to do in or around Harrisonburg that's not related to JMU. I'm you trying know, to find the exact, the exact or, wording here. Um, yeah. Which I cannot find. I'm on Twitter. As yeah, people get ready to, as many of us get ready to return to Harrisonburg for multiple weekends this fall in a way that we haven't in a while, um, we thought this was a good one. So, yeah. Well, what, you yeah. can go first. Okay. Oh, here we go. I've got it. It's from, it's Drake at Drizzy Dalton 87 suggested favorite non JMU activity slash place to visit in Harrisonburg area. Like for us, we never miss an opportunity for a little girl breakfast. That is a good one for for Drake. That is a very good one. Whoever he's referring to, um, yes, partner. But yeah, you can go first. Okay, so mine, <laughs> as you might imagine, is is kind of an outdoorsy one here, and I, um, one that I didn't. I actually had never known. I've always known about this place and had never really fully figured it out until this year. And that is um, out to the Stokesville campground area, which is the base. It's the start-finish area for the SM100, Shindo 100 mountain bike race. Um, and it's sort of all the trails below coming off the top of Reddish Knob down to the valley floor. are That's the base camp, basically, the jumping-off point for all of that. It's also just it's where Red Wing Music Festival is, which is the bluegrass festival down there that's really cool in the summer now. Um, but it's, it's just a fun place, and it has access to kind of incredible hiking and camping out there. And I didn't, I had been there for SM100 to crew for friends before, but I had never actually like done anything around there other than just sit in the campground. Um, and this year I got to ride a little bit and hike a little bit down there. And uh, it was really, it's, it's, I just can't possibly recommend it enough. Uh, if you're looking for a place to, as a launch point for lots of cool outdoor stuff down there. Okay. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, I knew you'd go outdoors and I immediately <laughs> think like, why would you do anything else if we're talking about things? Well, you're going to go. I, I figured you're going to pick a creek or something here, right? So, no. no, no. Well, my kids would pick cookout since we don't have that up here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. That, that is their favorite. Like, oh, cookout, cookout. We got cookout or Waffle House with my boys since we can't really get that DMV. Um, I know this is a giant softball, maybe sandbagging a bit, but I got to go Shenandoah National Park. Like, I just love going there with my family. Yeah. I know that's kind of stretching the limits of what we want to call Harrisonburg, but that is one of my favorite things. We love going down there. We do like weekend getaways. I know you're, you know, yeah, you yeah. obviously are down in the Valley a lot, but my family loves going there, loves doing all the hiking, checking out the, the overlooks and just the amazing views. And I, I think we as Virginians often undervalue Shenandoah National Park. People are like, yeah. they talk about the <laughs> great do. ones out West and Shenandoah is amazing. And you can do, Awesome, you know, long hikes. You can do a lot of really short ones. Like 
just off Skyline Drive where you get amazing views and waterfalls. So I don't know. I, th- I think the park is one of those things where clearly it's, you know, world renowned and everything. But I, I think we kind of sleep on it as Virginians a bit in some weird way. I know I do now and I do maybe more than ever now because I'm on the other side other of the side, so yeah. often, right? I'm on the GW forest side. And so I do, I, I'm not, um, but you're right. It is like this amazing place, especially this coming into the fall. And it's gorgeous. I mean, even if you yeah. just want to like take the scenic route, literally yeah. on Skyline Drive on your way home from a game, Northern Virginia, there's nothing better than that in the fall, seeing those views. It's amazing. Yeah. I love it. So. I feel like it's one of those things every time I go, I'm like, man, I need to come here more often. So I should argue for the other side, another scenic view on the way down. If you ever get off in Woodstock on 42 and go like away from Woodstock, like towards the West Virginia side, mm-hmm. you can take 42 all the way down to Harrisonburg, basically. Um, and that stretch of 42 between like Woodstock and I don't know, Timberville is unbelievable. Also, is also unbelievable. And a whole long stretch of it is like up on this ridgeline with vineyards on one side and mountains on the other, like also another cool drive. I mean, we're just, you're right. In general, we're just so we're just, fortunate to have all that stuff. Yeah. yeah it's gorgeous. Yeah. And yeah, the river too. So, like if you talk about a creek, like floating the Shenandoah River is really, okay. really fun. If you're just tubing yeah. and things like that. Obviously, if you want to fish, that's right up my alley. But just floating there and camping, it's... I don't know. We're spoiled with the outdoors around Jamie. I know it. We really definitely. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's our, uh, those are, those are both good ones. Um, have to see what else. I'm sure we're overlooking our actual Harrisonburg things uh, here, but yeah. Cookout Rob, I have to, I'm sad. So we're getting a Wawa right across, basically across from like right in Fairfax city, mm-hmm. like across from where I live. And, you know, obviously we, we are sheets people. You know, um, oh, that's pretty good. Harrisonburg man. side. I know, I know. I'm worried. I'm gonna have to like cave and and switch to the dark side here. But, it's yeah. good, man. I, I grew up going to the Jersey Shore for summer vacations, and so there yeah. are a lot of stops at Wawa. It's good. Right. I mean, you can have both. I was talking to Gaster about this over the weekend, like about um, similar, <laughs> but the Messi Ronaldo thing. I wasn't talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. But, like, I just realized, like, I, I'm a Manchester United supporter. I I never have liked Ronaldo. Like he he bugged me with the team. He's just diva and. I think part of it was I was a messy guy and I falsely believed you got to choose one or the other. Uh-huh. That's dumb. I'm very yeah. excited about him coming back to Manchester United because like it's fun to get to see him. It's like, and Gasser, who really doesn't have a dog in the fight, you know, he's an Arsenal fan and Roma. He's like, well, why not both? They're both great players. It's the same thing with Sheets and Wawa. You don't need to choose. They're both great. <laughs> right. yeah, you're you can right. get a schmuffin, you can get a Wawa iced tea and you yeah. get a Wawa sandwich. Like, you can like both. You don't need to, we don't need to pick one or the other. In today's day and age, we need to realize like retreating to our corner is not good in many cases. So. Um, sports and convenience stores apparently make us crazy, make us yes. do irrational things. Yes. yes. I, I, I actually shopped for a tennis racket recently mm-hmm. and um, I didn't want to buy any of the rackets that had Novak Djokovic on it. Mm-hmm. Because I don't like him, because I root for the other guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> and 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 then I had to like stop myself and be like, "This is stupid." Like, you need to buy like the, the racket, racket that is you. in your price cha- in your price range and that will like work for your very amateur middle aged guy tennis. Right? <laughs> like, you're like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Like, it doesn't matter who's on the picture on the racket. You know, well, like, tennis rackets. Uh, as you know, we moved recently, and I was found yeah. all our old tennis rackets, and I was like, "Oh, what's this one?" I definitely found one that 
had a racket cover signed by Billie Jean King. Wow. When I met her at like age 10 or 11. And she was on TV. And I was just like, that almost made it in the trash pile. But I picked it up and I was like, hmm. Oh. And I definitely, I remember meeting her. I played tennis growing up on like a, yeah, yeah. you know, a summer league type thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm not ready to, to sign my name and say this part's definitely true, but I think I might have been the kid from the team who was chosen to rally with her at the event. I'm not sure. Oh, I'm not, that yeah. might be my mind playing tricks on me, but yeah. I definitely remember spending a good bit of time one evening in Reston with my tennis team yeah. with Billie Jean King, and I've got oh, the wow. autograph to prove it. Yeah, so, That's awesome. Yeah. That's, no, that would be cool. Oh, nice. Well, I'm glad you saved that one. Yeah, um, I am too. Yeah. yeah, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. So. Well, thank you, everybody. This is an exciting week. Everyone travel safe. Um, I think we said it last week. Enjoy beers with your neighbors. Um, you know, try, try to focus on football and be thankful that we're all back in the Berg having a good time uh, this weekend. And, and, you know, there's a lot of – if you want to spend your time worrying about all the terrible things going on in the world, there's six other days of the week for that. But yeah. uh, this Saturday we, we wear a Good distraction. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, there's plenty of other time to worry about all the other awfulness and, and we're lucky to be having home football games and, and not living somewhere where we can't play them this weekend. Um, as, well as well. And, well yeah. Said. So in any case, Rob, I will talk to you next week, hopefully on a victory Monday. So we'll see what happens. I, I would hope so. <laughs> if not, if not, we got problems. Yeah. I, that'll be a much different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that'll, that'll be a darker tone. Yeah, if Phil Sims somehow quarterbacks the Morehead State Eagles mm-hmm. this week, we may have trouble. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Talk to you next week, Rob. All right. Have a good week, everybody. All right. Go, Dukes. If we are here not to do what you and I want to do and go forever crazy with it, why the hell we are even here? There were never any good old days They are today, they are tomorrow It's a stupid thing we say Cursing tomorrow with sorrow Nothing more but a bunch of zeros. Yeah!